This is the Make Money Blogging Podcast, episode 27, with digital nomad wannabe founder, Sharon Goulet. In today's episode, I'm joined by Chelsea Clark from HerPaperRoute.com. Chelsea is a blogger and businesswoman who helps others have the same success as she has done through her blog, Her Paper Route, where she blogs about digital media, blog monetization, and other related topics. She also creates, buys, and sells blogs to add to her own business, as well as running a site brokerage, blogsforsale.co, where you can buy or sell your blog. I always get a lot of interest from members of the DNW community about how I've sold my own blogs, how to value a blog, and how you too might do this. So in today's episode, we have an expert here to talk us through some of the things to consider, why you might want to buy a blog yourself, and much more. This episode is for you if you've ever thought of selling your blog or buying a new one, or love hearing stories of how others have succeeded and what it took to get there. So much is covered in this episode, including a lot of gold. Welcome to the Make Money Blogging Podcast with digital nomad wannabe. Each week on this show, you'll find actionable tips and strategies for growing traffic and income from your blog with no fluff, so you can quit the day job and have more freedom to do what you love. From SEO to affiliate marketing to blogging business strategies, it's all here. Let's start with your host, digitalnomadwannabe.com founder, Sharon Gourlay. Today we are talking with blogger and businesswoman Chelsea about blog monetization, buying, and selling blogs and more. Now remember you can find today's show notes at digitalnomadwannabe.com slash episode 27. And if you enjoyed today's show, then make sure you subscribe to the Make Money Blogging Podcast and leave a review. This episode is sponsored by Build Blog Freedom Fast Track, my 10-week program that shows you the 20% of blogging you need to do to get 80% of the results step-by-step. Learn exactly how to use SEO to get traffic and then to monetize that traffic with affiliates in a passive way and build a great business that you could even go on to sell one day. Now let's dive into the interview, although I do just want to point out first that I am recording this with quite a sore throat, so please forgive my voice being not quite up to standard. Hi, Chelsea. Thanks for joining me today on the Make Money Blogging Podcast. It's great to have you on the podcast so we can all learn from your experiences in blogging, and I'm sure I'm not the only one who's particularly interested in your side business of brokering site sales. For people who haven't heard of you before, could you introduce yourself and tell us your blogging background and how you got started building an online business? Well, thank you so much for having me. It's really, really a pleasure to get to be on your show and getting to chat with you. Yeah, so my name is Chelsea Clark. I run an entrepreneurship blog called HerPaperRoot.com. I have grown that blog over the years into a fully-fledged media company. We have now a podcast, courses, group coaching. It sort of spawned from the blog, and it just sort of took on a whole life of its own. My thing, the thing that I love to focus on and help people with is content monetization. So that's helping people scale their businesses through funnels, passive income, and by creating digital products. And like, yeah, like you said, I have another business on the side and it is also taken over as well as it's on its own thing now too. And it's called blogsforsale.co. That is just a brokerage that I created as a way to help connect investors with bloggers who want to sell their blogs. So that's what we do. We help people buy and sell niche online websites. So why did you get started with blogging? I got started with blogging back when I was in university. I just kind of did it as a hobby. I think that's how a lot of people sort of fall into blogging for a long time. I didn't really look at it as a business at all. It was just something that I enjoyed doing. I liked writing. I didn't really make the connection between monetization and marketing 
and blogging, even though I was in university for digital media and marketing, my <laughs> blog, I really just looked at like, oh, that's just this fun thing where I'll just post once in a while and nothing really makes sense or is under a certain niche or anything like that. And then when I really made the connection was about seven years ago, I was working at a business brokerage and I was helping, it was a, a corporate marketing job where I was helping brokers to develop their sites and I was doing some content marketing, blogging for them. And my boss said, okay, great. I have this new site. I want to launch. I need you to monetize it. And he just kind of put it on my desk, my digital desk, essentially. And I had to come up with how to monetize this website. And then it was just like something clicked and it all connected. All of the passions and interests and things that I like doing as a blogger connected with all of the things I like doing in business. And then, yeah, so when I put those together, I actually launched a beauty blog. I monetized it with beauty products and reviews, a few digital products as well. I created an ebook of beauty tips for cruelty-free beauty, and I was able to monetize that really quickly. And within about three months, it was making about $5,000 a month. Wow. And I decided, <laughs> yeah, it happened That's really, really impressive. Quick. It really happened quick. Thank you. It was something that did. I know that that's, that's the, a fast growth. And I think that that was due in part because I had that marketing background. So I was able to sort of monetize these sites quickly. And what I did with that one is on its first year birthday, I sold it for $50,000 US. And then I was like, okay, this is where I'm seeing the side, like another business out of not just content monetization, not just ad revenue, not just affiliate marketing, but actually something else, developing these sites that then could be sold and that being a whole nother thing in itself. So that's how I got my start in blogging and that's how it led me to what I do now. Cool. So what do you think were the major things you learned during those early years of blogging? Okay. I love your question because like, as you know, you're pro you are a pro blogger. So you know that when you're starting a blog, you literally have to do it all. Unless you're starting with a team, you need to learn email marketing. You need to learn affiliate marketing. You need to learn SEO. You need to learn everything. You wear all of the hats. So in my first couple of years when I was hobby blogging, I was really just sort of figuring out my voice, what copywriting would be, what how I would speak to my audience. And then after that, when I had become serious about it, then everything came into play. I had to learn all of the other things, funnels, email marketing, how to write content to sell, so product reviews. And man, like when I look back, I can't even tell you what one thing was that really helped the success overall because all of those little things work together and putting in the time to implement and learn and try and be willing to make mistakes and fail and figure out how to make it better. That's really what came together to, to make it work out in the end. And I'm still learning. I think everybody is, even if, you know, we get to a place where we feel like we're professionals and we have this you know, something else is going to come along, an algorithm will change, a new platform will show up like Clubhouse, you know, that's the big thing right now, we have to learn a new platform and learn a new way to market our blogs. And that's kind of the exciting thing too, that I think yeah. I, I get excited about that. Yeah, I'm someone who like boredom is like my biggest enemy, you know, so <laughs> like, it's like what I love, even though it can drive me crazy. It's like what I love about this job as well, right? Is that there's always something new, like, like, how could you get bored? <laughs> you know? <laughs> 
oh yeah, definitely. How could you ever get bored? <laughs> and then that's like, the, you're so right because a big thing for bloggers is, as you know, your audience, I'm sure they've told you about this as they do my audience as well, is one of the biggest issues that can get in the way of bloggers, especially when you're just getting started, is the overwhelm because yeah. there is so much to learn and do. And if you try to do it all at once, it's going to be a, an uphill battle. It's going to be tough to try to get through it all and not get overwhelmed. So I think if you can just take a little bit each day, learn a little bit yeah. here, try things, you're going to figure it out. Blogging isn't a race. It's really just a wander and you know a slow pace to really, really yep. make it work for you. <laughs> yeah. And it's also realizing like you don't have to be an expert in everything because as much as it's like you listed a lot of things, it certainly wasn't everything you could do, right? Like you're not saying That's you're an right. expert in every social media platform and you know, like you've got to be realistic <laughs> and realize yes. like no one can master it all. Like it's just impossible. So you don't actually need to. That's such a great point. And on that point too, there's so many people that can help you. We can outsource things. We don't have to do it all. We can hire a team or a virtual assistant. It doesn't have to be super expensive either. There's definitely ways that you can grow and scale your blog and bring people on to help you do it. Cool. So something I found interesting when I was reading your story was like that you were buying and selling businesses more early on, like you talked about selling your beauty blog. And I'm just wondering what you learned during that process and, and I guess why you kept doing it. Definitely. Well, it was a great experience. I kind of just threw myself into it. So I had been working at a business brokerage where I was in the marketing department. I wasn't a broker yet, but I was inspired by how the brokers at this firm, they were selling, they were helping people sell brick and mortar businesses and they were not looking at digital businesses. They were not looking at e-commerce or Amazon FBA or anything digital. And I saw a huge opportunity there because I've, I've been involved in many blogging communities for many years and I've made lots of connections with bloggers. And the thing that keeps coming up is people who aren't a blogger, they don't realize what a real business it is. So when I started to create my brokerage, it was just amazing. Like it was amazing to be able to have people come in, understand that yes, this site, you can see that it's earning $3,000 a month. There's that value in that asset and you know, look what you can do with it. So that was important to me. That was a big thing that I had to learn too, is when I was getting started buying and selling my own sites, I really had to look back into all of the things that I learned, even in, in back in university in marketing or any sort of job that I had, I really had to look back and apply the things that I learned to when it came into when I was looking for buying businesses. And I know we will get into talking more about what to look for when you're looking to buy a business and that sort of thing. But you really, it's the same kind of things you want to learn when you are learning how to blog. It's the same kind of things that you'll be learning when you want to sell or buy a blog. You want a site that has, you know, good traffic, well-written SEO articles, you know, diversified traffic sources, diversified revenue sources, all of that sort of thing. If you could go back and start over, what would you do differently? Oh, yes. Okay. If I were to start over and I, if I were to start a blog from scratch without knowing what I know now and without the tools that I have now, I would really, I would bring someone on to help from the get-go. Because when I started my first monetized blog, 
I had just had a baby, so I was on maternity leave. The timer was running out until the maternity leave was about to run out and I'd have to go back to work. And I did not want to put my baby in daycare. I didn't want to go back to working for someone else. I really knew that I wanted to make a business out of blogging and out of digital media, the things that I really love doing. So like I said, the timer was counting down. I gave myself no fallback and I just went all in to make blogging a business for me. And I think that that was one of the big things too that really helped is I didn't yep. give myself anything to sort of fall back on. So if I were starting again now, I wouldn't do it all by myself again. It's, it's so much work, as you know, yep. having a team, having a virtual assistant, even just having someone to, you know, just to shoot ideas around with, that can just be so, so phenomenally helpful in growing a blog from, from the get-go. But that's another reason why I love buying blogs that are already semi-established. So ones that are already earning over 1000 to $5,000 a month. I love to buy those. I invest in those if the content is really good because I know that I can take it where it's at and I can scale it because the thing that always takes the longest is creating the content. So if a site has amazing content already, you can take that and run with it. But if you were to try to rewrite it or like create it from scratch, it takes months, if not years. Yeah. And a huge investment if you don't want to spend all your time writing, you know, I, yes. I build sites from scratch all the time and it only really works because I'm willing to invest like a lot of money, you know? So I can see why buying a, a blog would be attractive because I mean, you're investing, you're investing money or time either way, aren't you? Definitely. Yeah. That's, you're totally right about that. So if you were going to, if you just lost everything today, you would start tomorrow by buying a new blog? Oh, yes, definitely. I mean, I invest in the stock market. I invest in real estate. But I feel like investing in websites is just you have so much more control. You can't control the stock market. Yeah. You can't control the real estate market. You really have, you can buy into it, you can sell, but you have no control over what's going to happen in between. Whereas when you buy a website, you are in control. You can create content. You can promote that content, put it in front of the ideal customers that you want to come see that content and buy what you're writing about. You have so much more control in a website investment situation that that's always something that I really say yes like if you're starting from scratch starting over or you know you've lost everything think about investing in a website that you can personally like you have some sort of connection to by that I mean the niche you understand the niche or you're willing to research and learn about it you have some skills that relate to what you would need to do to develop the website from where it's at if you have that you have control. You can really get in control of your future and your finances. And then you just, all of that time you're spending developing it, monetizing your site, you're just making it more valuable for if you want to turn around and sell it for profit later. Yeah. I, I really find that an interesting and insightful way to look at it. I hadn't really thought about it that way before. <laughs> I think it really is, like you said earlier as well, that it's easy for people to see digital businesses as like a very different thing. Whereas I think if I bought a brick and mortar business, It'd be so much easier to see from the beginning it was an investment, if you know what mm -hmm. I mean. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> You're right. And I think too, in nowadays, if you are looking at buying a brick and mortar business, there's so many other things to be concerned about now with COVID, with everything happening in the real world. Yeah. I mean, 
having something online, that risk is so much lower than if you're buying something that's brick and mortar. Yes, I'm sure all of us listening to this with a digital business have been very glad over the last year that we've got a digital business. Certainly yes. made life a lot easier. And when, you know, it's much easier to also pivot a digital business, I think, too. You know, because I have businesses in travel, so, you know, that was still difficult. Oh, wow, yeah. Digital ones. But you can still, mm-hmm. like, pivot, like, who your target audience is, for example, a lot more easier than I could a business if I ran it here, right, that would just be dead when we were in lockdown. Yeah, actually, I wanted to ask you about your travel site, what was sort of happening last year, how you were able to pivot and make it work for this new climate. To be honest, because I run a lot of different sites, mostly I've put my energy elsewhere, but definitely I can see lots of things I could do, right? Like my main one is a site on Malaysia travel and they've had their border shut for just about a year now. So there's no international travelers and that was my target audience before. Whereas now it's like instead of 20% of my traffic being Malaysian, it's like 99%. And whenever they're not in lockdown, there is, I get like more traffic than I've ever had before, actually. And I get a lot of bookings and stuff. But, you know, they're interested in different types of travel. So if I wanted to capitalize on that, I need to be focused on what Malaysians are interested in rather than what like foreigners coming to Malaysia are interested in. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Or here in Australia, because we can travel somewhat <laughs> it, you know like I've got travel content here but like what people are interested in has changed too you know like people are more interested in Airbnb than hotels or they're more interested in camping or you know less interested in tours or things around a lot of people so yeah. there's a lot of pivots like that that you can make to try and help with travel something I do want to go back to is what you said about how you went all in when you're on your maternity leave and I just think that that is so powerful you know we did something similar in that like I'm, I convinced my husband that I was going to become a professional travel blogger and made him quit his job and we all moved to Malaysia for a while so I could do it. That's like, so awesome. <laughs> yeah, because like the cost of living there is a lot cheaper, right? So we saved enough money. We had enough money for three months. <laughs> and like I can laugh about it now because it does sound kind of crazy, but it was just so powerful, right? Oh, that is awesome. You know, because I, I thought I was serious. I was 100% serious before we left about building this business. Yeah. Obviously, right? I made him quit his job. But... Being there and having like having to make it work was just like mm-hmm. such another level. Oh yeah, yeah, because yeah, you, that you've made a decision, you have to make it work, and that's so powerful. You're in a whole other country doing it as well. I mean, I was just in my same old country, <laughs> but, you but know, still, like, I think it's everybody knew. I don't know about in your case, but like everybody knew. So that was probably the most powerful motivator too. Oh, you, yeah, you told like f- friends and family, you mean? Yeah, everyone knew why we were there and it was on my blog, you know, like <laughs> I put it out. I started Digital Nomad Wannabe to track my journey of trying to build an online business. So it was all out yes. there, how much I was earning, what I was trying to do. And it was very powerful. I love that. Yeah, I had the same like similar type of situation when I just realized I have to make it work because I need to... I need to put myself out there and take a chance on myself. Yeah. And I knew that if I told anyone what I was doing, what I was working on, they would just think, oh, what, a blog? That's not a business. Like, what are you doing? That's so silly. Like, but I was so determined and I knew I could make it work. And just putting my focus in every morning, you know, take care of the baby. He's happy. He's sleeping. It's down to work. You know, I had yeah. nursing baby in one side, laptop on the other, and I was just working. I was blogging. I was creating content every day. And every little bit 
it just got me that one step ahead. And with every, you know, affiliate sale, every like ding, PayPal sale went through, it's just, you get that little ad- adrenaline. It's like, okay, yes, I'm onto something. And it just kind of will build and build and build. Yeah, for sure. It can be a bit of a drug, really. We used to have like this big white, we had a whiteboard on the wall in Malaysia, you know, that had like a bar up to $3,000 a month, which was our goal at the time. And, you know, each bit every month, we'd like fill it in, trying to get it yep. all the way to 3000 <laughs> I kind of miss those days. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, it's great that you had your husband's support too, that he was into it with you. Like my yeah. husband, when I told him I wasn't going back to work, I was going to make my blog my business. He kind of laughed and was like, oh, okay, you know, like, sure. <laughs> and you know, it's not the best feeling. You want your loved ones no. to support you. But I knew that it was going to work out. And then as soon as the money started coming in and as soon as I was making much more than his salary. He was like, oh, I get it. (laughs) And now he's quit his job and he's a content creator now too. So it's just funny how that happens. You know, like maybe you you don't have the support. I know someone's listening and and they're trying to grow their blog. And if you feel bad that you may not have the support of your your loved ones, just know that, you know, keep focused on what you want to do because you have to be your biggest cheerleader. You are determined to make it work and it will. Everyone, they might ask you why you do it now, but a year down the road, they're going to ask you how you did it. So that's what I always Sure. Plus, I think you somewhat hear what you want to hear. Like, I feel like everyone was laughing at me and I never feel like that anymore. And it's like, is it actually different or is it my perception? <laughs> you know, yeah. I think it's a bit of both, you know. I love this conversation. That's, so, that's <laughs> such a good way of putting it. <laughs> yeah. Plus, I think when you fully trust yourself and you know that what you're doing is the right move, you talk about it differently and it will come across different as well. Yes. You sort of have an internal confidence. Yeah. Once you've had some of those wins and you've seen yourself succeed big or small, you've seen yourself get past certain obstacles. And then it's like, you can kind of present yourself with a a confidence that is carried through and other people pick up on that. Yeah. Yeah. Like my husband, it's like, he just didn't have a choice, but to believe me, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I was just so confident. Yeah. But he, he didn't get into it himself. It's he's tried and it's like, just not for him, (laughs) Yeah, But, um, (laughs) but he's very supportive. So I feel very lucky there. So what advice do you have for bloggers around monetizing their blogs? Oh yes. Okay. There's so many different routes that you can take when you want to monetize your content. And I would highly recommend that no matter what, you create some sort of digital product for your blog. So maybe it's a free lead magnet to get people on your list or something, an online course, something that you can sell that is digital, that you create once, passive income, you can resell it over and over again. Because we all like ad revenue, sure, but it's so dependent on, of course, having traffic and algorithms can change. Traffic can change. There can be seasonal issues that affect that ad revenue. But if you have something else like your own digital product, then you just, like we're talking about control, you have a certain sense of control over your blog and over the income that it can make. And I know, Sharon, you are all about affiliate marketing. So I'm just right there with you. (laughs) Go all in with affiliate marketing. Every single blog post should, where it makes sense, you should always be able to recommend a product that makes sense to the article. If it really is going to help your audience, include an affiliate product recommendation. Because those 
commissions add up. And if you're promoting high commission programs where you're being paid a good commission, not looking at you, Amazon, but like, you know, like <laughs> programs where you're getting paid out well per sale, then that adds up really, really fast. So if you can diversify your monetization streams, you're just going to be way ahead out of the gate. Yeah, I think that's all really good advice. But to switch gears a bit, I am very interested to hear about, I don't know if I should call it your side business or not, but your, your second business on selling mm-hmm. blogs. So why did you start blogsforsale.co? I really value the work that goes into blogging. And being in so many different blogging groups, I would always see people getting frustrated, wanting to give up. And some people would even say that they're just going to let their blog die with their hosting not being renewed. And to me, that just seems like, oh my goodness, you put so much of your time and effort and thought process into creating that content. That right there is something of value. And I wanted to give people a platform where they could, they don't have to give up. They can sell it, get some profit and move on to something else that they'd be more interested in. And I have this network of buyers and investors who want content sites. They want niche sites. They want sites that have some traffic. They want sites that have a bit of revenue coming in. Some of the buyers want sites that are really profitable and they're willing to pay for that profit. And creating a platform like that just sort of made sense that I could connect the dots and connect bloggers with investors. I was able to go through the IBBA, which is the International Business Brokers Association, for my training, and I learned how to do it in a brick-and-mortar sense, and then I just applied that to the digital side of digital businesses. And yeah, I, I think that that was my reason for starting. The reason that I stay with it now is because of the community that has been built around it, both of the, on the buyer side and the seller side. There's so many cool people who are getting into blog flipping. So they're getting into buying sites, developing it for a little bit, just like you would hear about house flipping where you buy a house, you renovate it, and then you sell it for profit blog flipping is no different, except you don't need to have a team of construction workers or a huge mortgage to make it happen. You can really just do it yourself or with your own virtual assistant team. And so I'm seeing all of these bloggers getting into buying and selling. And it's just really exciting to see all of the content that's coming out from it and all of these really nice, interesting niche sites that may have been forgotten otherwise, but someone put a little bit of love into it in order to make it a turnkey business for someone else to take it and put their own spin on it and develop it from there. So that's why I started. That's why I stick around. And that's why I see myself sticking around in it for the time to come. You do make it sound very attractive. I mean, I've got I've got a fair bit of experience now in selling sites, but I've just been too hesitant to like buy one. I don't know. <laughs> I guess I know what I, what I can do and what I'm good at, which is creating them, but I can see why there would be so many benefits to buying. So you are making me think twice. <laughs> I recently bought a site that has some good blog content, but the thing that really attracted me to it is it came with a fleet of about six online courses on Teachable. And there's so many videos created for it, so many downloadable printables and resources that go with it. And I was just looking at the site thinking, man, that would take me at least six months to do all of that. 
it's so much easier just to purchase this business and then I can turn it into something else or work with what's there. And that that's what I'm seeing a lot of people when they're looking for sites too. They just want that convenience. They want something that is literally all of that work has been put in and then they can just you know, go from there. And I love building sites from scratch too. That's honestly how I got my start as well. But when I started realizing that I could just buy something that gave me a head start, it really just excited me and it just makes so much sense to me now. Yeah, I can also see how it would be even easier to really treat the site like as a business then too and to make smart decisions. You know, like if you've spent six months making that course content, it can be really hard to be as smart as you should be about what to do Mm -hmm. with it, for example, if you know what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, that was part of the reason I sold my original blog, my old travel blog, was because I was just so attached to it. I couldn't be smart and I just think like time in it and energy and and it wasn't, it stopped being positive for me, you know? Yes. Oh, that's such a good point. I've heard sellers say that before too for their reasons of wanting to sell. They can't disconnect themselves from it. They just, they reached a point where they feel like they've got it as far as they're willing to take it. Yeah. In a sense, they've just, they put so much into it. They don't even want to look at it anymore. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's where I but ended it's like up. A, it's a great site. It's making money. There's like someone else will see yeah. that value. So yeah. yeah and I was trying to like, like it, but I just wasn't going to. <laughs> 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 you know? And yeah, it's a win-win, right? I got nice money for it. Someone else got a great site. So, you know, <laughs> can see lots of benefits to the process. Totally. So what do you look for in a good blog to sell? If I'm looking for a site that I want to sell, like represent, do you mean like on the, on the yeah, site? Yeah, like if people are listing and they're thinking, oh, maybe I should sell my blog because I do get a lot of questions like this. Like what would you look for in it to, or like what should the person be trying to do with their blog to make it more attractive to sell? Got it. Yes. Love it. Okay. So if you are listening at home and you are thinking I have a site and maybe it could be worth something. I would say the first step is make sure that you are tracking your profit and loss. So that's just where all of the income is coming from, how much you're spending. And just using a simple spreadsheet is really all you need. And so if you're tracking that, because when it comes time that you want to potentially put it up for sale, buyers are going to need to see the numbers. That's going to be the most important thing. And I give free valuations on my website. And so if you go to blogsforsale.co slash Val, V-A-L, I can take a look at your site and I can actually just give you the spreadsheet that I use for a profit and loss and you can fill it in. And then we're able to see what your site could potentially sell for. And buyers are always looking at revenue. Like I say, that's the most important thing, but they also like to see content. Like I was talking about great quality content, other sort of digital products that come with it, like courses, books, printables, templates, that sort of thing. These are all nice to haves. The actual content itself, you're just like you would be looking at when you want to develop your site for yourself. It's the same kind of thing. You want your content to be written with great SEO in mind. If it's ranking on Google and ranking on Pinterest, awesome. So you're getting that diversified traffic. These are all things that are really just going to come together to make your site more valuable. And that's really the the main things you'd want to focus on, more sort of like visual things. You want to make sure that your actual website 
looks nice. So use a premium theme. Make sure that the navigation makes sense. You don't have coming soon pages. You want it to load fast so you don't have huge images. It's just all the same kind of thing that you want your blog to be its best self. That's what a buyer is looking at as well. They want to see that the blog is looking and functioning well. But again, it's okay if your blog is ugly. Those still sell too because there are <laughs> buyers who get excited by a project. As long as it's making some money, it has some traffic, and all of the content is original. So no PLR, no scraped or copied content. Of course, you wouldn't want that. As long as the site itself is good, it can be ugly. You can have a terrible theme because a buyer who's interested in that will actually be excited at the chance to give it a makeover without having to do too much the actual content itself. Yeah, things like that are easy to fix at least really. Yes. I'm also wondering how you handle like the personal aspect of blogging, you know, like when the person's got Mm -hmm. their photo across the site and lots of personal information about them. How is that normally handled? That's such a great question and so important to note. So a lot of times we will have our face in the sidebar, we'll have our name on the about page, you know, things like that. When you want to put your site up for sale, take down anything that you wouldn't want the new owners to have. So we have buyers who sometimes specifically want a site that has a persona attached to it. So they will actually write it into their offer that they would prefer to have the site left with your photo and maybe just your first name in it because they don't want to take anything away from the audience that you've built, your email list, people who have come to know you. But you don't have to do that. And I would caution against that just because personally, you are your personal brand. And once someone else has it, they can do anything they want with it, right? They can continue to use your photo, say that it's you on their emails. And for some sellers, that's cool. They just, we work it out in your contract when we're actually at that stage, what they can actually do with your name, what they can actually say or where they can put your photo, that sort of thing. So you don't have to just put it out there and hope for the best. You actually do have some control. But I always say, just take your photo down. You can replace it with a stock image of someone. You can just put a first name, yep. like create an avatar, just to remove that persona from the site. It's, especially if you have pictures of your kids, yeah. take, down, take those down. You wouldn't want to sell your site with pictures of your kids on it. Yeah, it can definitely be a tricky one because my old travel blog was actually called Where's Sharon, right? So it had my name right in the oh, domain. Yes. <laughs> it's not like I could just remove Sharon from it. Yeah, and because I that was one of my first sites I sold, I wasn't as savvy and I didn't do as much prep as I should have. Oh, yeah. You know, like, so now I always make sure I'm removed like a year before I'm ready to sell the site. I make sure it's got a new persona. Yes, um, like yes, That yes. type of thing is really important. And like we had rules about how they were meant to change the about page and stuff and it just never happened you know, and I, to be fair, I never really chased it up because like, it just didn't really want to ever talk about it again. (laughs) (laughs) When I moved on, I moved on. Right. But you know, it is alarming. They, at least like my surname was removed from everything and and stuff like that because yeah, like you are your name. It's really important. I keep running online businesses. I don't need my name out there doing weird things, especially like it's not like there's 50 (laughs) of it. Well, there probably is 50. I don't know. Look at Facebook, (laughs) but, but you know what I mean? It's pretty unique. It's unique enough that you're going to associate it with me. Definitely. So yeah, it is definitely something to be aware of. And I I guess that's why I asked you about it. Yeah. My experience is definitely just get rid of it yourself. (laughs) Yeah. So how do you work out the selling price for a blog? 
So there is a standard formula for what the asking price or the market value of a site will be. And typically sites will sell anywhere between two years to three years times the monthly revenue. So if your site is making $1,000 a month, you could assume that it would sell between $24,000 and $36,000, anywhere in there. The two-year multiple is standard. If the site has a ton of additional assets and it's getting tons of traffic, then it may sell for that higher in the three-year sort of realm. But typically, it's around two years. And when we're selling sites at Blogs for Sale, it's we're usually selling between two years to two and a half years. That's really like the sweet spot. So if you come at it with the intention that you want to get that higher, higher end asking price to reach those higher end buyers, then you're really just going to want to make sure that you have things in line like you're getting really great diversified traffic. You have monetization streams, not just in one, but there's sort of, there's a couple coming in that your products are just really high quality. And another thing that really can help is if you have some sort of subscription model. So you have repeat customers that are paying a monthly fee to maybe access your membership, or if you, you sell something that they can get on a monthly basis, something like that, that just gives the buyer some assurance that the money will, the revenue will continue because there's a customer base that comes with your blog. Cool. Well, my next question was actually whether you think it's a good idea to buy an existing blog, but I have a feeling (laughs) we already all know the answer to that. Is there (laughs) anything else you'd like to say on that topic? I would just say, you know, if you're thinking that you might want to sell your blog, it doesn't hurt just to go and come and get a valuation. It's, there's no obligation. You don't have to sell. And in, in fact, you'll actually be able to get some suggestions on where you could potentially grow it more. If you're not quite ready to sell it yet, I can provide you with some ideas of where you might want to develop it more so that you can get a higher price. And, you know, also it's like we were saying, selling your site, what you want to focus on, it's the same kind of thing you're focusing on just to develop and grow your site as it is. So if you're already doing all of those good things, if you're already reading Sharon's blog and you're already following her tips, then your site is probably already prepped in that would be attractive to a buyer already. So I would just say, go for it. Don't be scared. And if you're actually on the other side and you're thinking of buying your first site, you have like the world is your oyster any budget there's a site out there for you so on we even have sites that are under a thousand dollars you can purchase as a starter site and like the content is there those sites may not have traffic or revenue but it's still giving you a jump start and you can make a micro investment without having to break the bank so that's like a good entry step into website investing you can get something on the smaller end so really like i say There's a budget, there's content, there's sites and niches for any interest. So you kind of just got to dive right into it. And if you're like me, you'll become obsessed with it and you'll just think about it all the time and you'll end up buying like (laughs) 10 sites and you'll have like 500 domains and it'll get crazy. But (laughs) I already have way too many domains. I hate to think if I got into buying sites as well, how many might have. Especially now you were like, oh, there's like just cheap ones already have content. I'm like, my my brain is ticking away. So, what, so for people who are, you know, intrigued by the idea of buying a blog, what advice would you have for them? Well, I would say 
if you are looking at a site that you're thinking of buying, you'll want to do your due diligence. So that just means make sure that you can go and take a look at the analytics. You can ask the seller or if it's being represented by a broker, you ask the broker to add you to their analytics. And then you can just go in and you can literally see where all the traffic is coming from. And something you'll want to look for is you'll just want to make sure that all of the traffic isn't going to one or two posts. You want, you know, that could just, there could be a viral post or it could just be ranking really well on Google and that could change in an instant. So you just want to make sure that the traffic is coming to a bunch of different posts on the page and, you know, they're, they're coming from different sources. It's not all Pinterest traffic. It's not all Google traffic. You know, there's just a nice split between sources. And then you want to verify the revenue. So ask for screenshots, either seller if they're selling it on their own or if you're working with a broker or myself, we can get that for you. And then you can actually just see the screenshots of the Amazon payouts, PayPal, Stripe, Medivine, or Google AdSense, wherever the income is coming from, you can see it. And then we can also set up a meeting over Zoom with the seller, myself, and you. And then you can actually just get an over-the-shoulder view of the seller's desktop walking you through all of those revenue sources so you can see it with your own eyes and you can really understand where the business makes money, where it's being spent, and how you can see yourself being able to either continue it where it's at or make it better. And those are really just the most important things. And when you're thinking about due diligence on a personal level, does the content make sense to you? Is it a niche that you really can understand or you're willing to research and learn? Like I was saying a moment ago, something that excites you because we can all just buy sites that are profitable and let them sit. And that's fun. There's nothing wrong with that, but you will always be able to monetize and grow a site faster and with more impact when you have some sort of personal connection to it. At least I think I like to think that I know that's not true for everyone because some people they're just happy to to buy sites and have other people run them and, and that's totally cool. But if you want to actually make it your focus to get into website investing and get your hands dirty, if you can connect with the actual content itself, you're just going to do so well. Yeah. Cause I do feel like it's always a struggle I have with outsourcing, right? Because I outsource a lot of my content. But then when I just know the topic area so much better than anyone I can outsource to, it's like you can yeah. find little problems really easily, you know? So that's Absolutely. why I can see why it's just like such a step up if you already have a lot of knowledge in the niche that you're trying to work in. You're totally right. I'm the same way. I could never outsource content from my Her Paper Root blog because I love writing about funnels and email marketing <laughs> and systems, you know, and that kind of stuff. I feel like if I were to outsource that, even if they were a great writer, there would just be so much that I'd still want to add to it that I may as well just have written it, you yeah. know, that kind of stuff. But then yeah. having smaller niche sites that are, you know, in pets or in beauty or food, there's just so many different things that you can do. I, I don't have such a personal connection to that as I do to funnels and website investing. So a little bit different. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> so why would you recommend blogsforsale.co as the platform to buy or sell a blog? Well, you know, there are tons of platforms where marketplaces where you can buy websites for sale. You know, I'm certainly not the only company doing it, but I am the only one who is literally making it so personal. And I do think that that is something that we have on our competition because we're not a huge marketplace. 
I personally vet every site that comes through. We don't just let someone sign up and sell their site and then just, you know, whatever happens. Me and my team are actually there to verify everything before any listing comes out. We make sure that it's a quality listing. We're meeting with the seller to make sure they are a legitimate person. We're checking records. And when it actually comes up to sit up on the site to be listed, as a buyer, you're working with me and my team and we're helping you every step of the way. When it comes to negotiations, we're there to help with that too. So it's not just a marketplace where you have to place a bid and then hope you get accepted or you hope you win. We're actually there to help you get the site that you want for a price that you want. And then when that is agreed upon, we're also there to provide the escrow services so that we oversee everything to make sure that nothing gets missed and so that you get all the site assets and everything that you paid for in a timely manner. And for the seller side, we're there to make sure that they get paid on time. So that is really why blogsforsale.co has you covered. We are a small business, even though we're growing like crazy and we did over $700,000 in sales last year, we're still a small team and a small business that is able to pr provide that one-on-one -on -one support. Yeah, it does sound really good. Personally, I'm only interested in selling through brokerages now. Like I've sold on Flipper and yeah. it's really just not that pleasant <laughs> yeah. compared to when you, got, when you get the assistance. And I've also sold on the bigger sites and then it's hard to get much attention. That's true. Yeah. You know, so you can go both ways. But anyway, what advice do you have for other bloggers starting a new site or looking to grow their sites? I guess anything at all to finish this up. Oh gosh, I would just say... Keep at it. Know that you don't have to be super successful and have everything done in you know, a month or even six <laughs> months. It is a process and that's really part of it. Your growth as a blogger is something that you implement and learn and achieve every day and every day you'll learn something new. So I would always just say don't expect fast results, but anticipate the amazing results that will come when you really have put that time in and just go for it. You got this. Sounds great. Thank you so much, Chelsea. Thank you so much for having me. To recap, today I talked to Chelsea from herpaperout.com and blogsforsale.co. We discussed blogging monetization and everything buying and selling blogs, from what you should do to prepare your blog to sell it to what to do if you want to buy one. Now, remember, you can find today's show notes for this episode at digitalnomadwannabe.com slash episode 27, which includes links to where you can find Chelsea online. Now make sure you subscribe to this channel because next episode, I'm going to be talking about building a blog to sell, my process from day zero to day sale. Now, if you've ever found the concept of starting another blog or selling a blog interesting, you will love this episode. I'll cover everything from niche selection to how to work out when to sell and everything in between. And even if you don't think you'd ever want to sell a blog you created, I'm sure you'll find everything I do to get the blog up and off the ground really interesting. And I look forward to chatting with you then. Thanks for listening to Make Money Blogging with Digital Nomad Wannabe. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast for more actionable tips and strategies for growing traffic and income for your blog so you can build a blogging business you love. Don't forget to leave a review so we can continue to bring you the best content. See you next episode.